Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's show, I chat with Perth mother of two, Jenna, about her two births. Jenna's first birth at a birthing center was relatively straightforward until the moment her daughter lagged taking her first breath and was swiftly taken away. When she called in her second baby, a son that she had felt around her from a small child, she initially decided to go back to the birthing center because of projected fears around her home birthing, but found she felt disconnected and low leaving her appointments. Those feelings of despair were the push she needed to seek out the home birth she had always desired. We chat about the deep inner turmoil and lessons her pregnancies drew from her and the heartwarming moment she knew she was pregnant with her spirit baby. Enjoy this episode. Hi Jenna, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Jenna, a mum of two. I have a daughter who is two and three quarters. Her name is Ember and a little boy, River, who is four months next week and my husband, Nathan. We all live over here in Perth. Um, Western Australia. Beautiful. And were those pregnancies planned? Yes, the pregnancies were definitely planned. So should we start off with your daughter's journey? How was your pregnancy with her? Yeah, so um, I was ready a lot sooner than my husband was ready. Um, And looking back now, I um, subconsciously more so did a lot of work around um, conscious conception, which I didn't completely know at this, like back then completely what it was to the extent that I do now anyway. Um, but I did a lot of work um, mainly, yeah, focusing on my, um, my gut health, um, my mental health to lead to where I, yeah, where I got to. Yeah. Um, was there anything you did that you felt was sort of like a key element to your healing? Yeah, so um, the key piece would, well, for me anyway, was I had been struggling a lot 
uh, with my gut health okay. um, and digestive issues. So that was one thing for me that completely transformed when I um, com- actually found out what the key cause was mm-hmm. to all of my um, my personal issues that I was having with my body. Um, so, yeah, just diving deeper into that um, and clearing out um, any think that's also I had a candida overgrowth um, which was one thing that doctors and um, naturopaths didn't pick up on um, what's a candida overgrowth I don't think I've ever heard of that. sorry it's a yeast bacteria that's in the gut um, and it can yeah have effects on um, your digestion um, your skin um, your mental health wow, okay. um, mental clarity brain fog and everything like that Okay, that's so interesting, and no one picked up on it. Yeah, yeah. So, with my naturopath, I was working because um, I kn- I knew that I had over years had had um, a digestive issue. Yeah. Um, and it was one thing um, that I was working with him on, and he could just see that there was an inflammation in my gut, um, but he couldn't actually pinpoint what it was. And it wasn't until I started um, reading a few different books um, and I got onto a book called The Body Ecology Diet. Um, and oh, I can't remember the, her name off the top of my head, but there's another um, girl that's actually passed away now um, that wrote a book and it led me down to the hydroponic path. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started seeing a lady that did hydroponics that she picked up um, how bad my overgrowth was. And then she helped me work on that and um, over months I had hydroclinics and then was taking different supplements to um, help that release from my gut. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that was that was a huge, yeah, a huge key for me, which just transformed a lot of my um, personal life, <laughs> I should say. Yeah, um, and helped you conceive. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think that if I didn't do the work, that work, then I probably wouldn't have been in the state that I was. My body wouldn't have been in the state that it was um, to fall as as fall pregnant as quickly as what we did when we were both completely ready. Yeah. Um, because yeah, we basically fell pregnant on one of the first tries with Ember, so we were very very lucky in that yeah. sense. <laughs> but there was work that was put in behind the scenes over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How was your pregnancy with her? Yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, I want to say it was by the book, which I don't particularly like that terminology. Um, But it just, yeah, it went really smoothly. Um, We had, yeah, a beautiful um, transition into parenthood. Um, And, yeah, again, it all came back to what we'd done or what I had done in the lead up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so during your pregnancy, was there anything you did to – get yourself knowledgeable on birth? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't go overboard in um, my research into different, like into birth and stuff like that. I just kind of sat with my intuition and knew what I wanted, um, which was a natural birth. Um, And I originally wanted to go down the home birthing path when I was pregnant with Imba. My husband wasn't completely um, comfortable with that at the start, Um, although I inquired with um, we had two private midwives that serviced our area at the time. Um, and when I inquired with them, one was on leave and the other was completely booked. 
So that kind of, it made me a little bit disheartened, um, but it then led me down to um, the path of the Family Birth Centre, which is where we ended up birthing Ember. Um, So that's a midwifery-led care. Um, We saw the same midwife. We got a beautiful midwife there from the start and we saw her throughout the whole pregnancy and then she was there for our birth, luckily, as well. Um, And, yeah, so that was really beautiful. Yeah. Should we jump ahead now to that first sign of labour with her? Yeah, sure. So um, I ended up going over 40 weeks so my first surges weren't until the night of 40 and 4 with Ember um and then that led from pretty much from the start it was it felt quite intense from the start although we were home and I was just doing my different hypnobirthing um techniques that we had learnt in pregnancy um and that they started so this is two and a half years ago, so I just have to completely remember <laughs> back everything. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it started around 11.30, um, my labour, 11.30 p.m. on the Friday. And then um, I let my husband sleep until 5 a.m. So that was, yeah, almost six hours that I was up and just like labouring. I um, tried to uh, lay down, but every time I laid down, they got really, really intense and I couldn't sleep and I was really uncomfortable. So I would just get back up and onto my ball or like pacing the hallway and stuff like that. And then once he woke, um, he was really excited to hear that it was started. Um, but then, yeah, throughout the day it did progress, but then we had a, a unwelcome, well, and I won't say unwelcome because he was welcome, but um, a surprised visit from my father-in-law who just decided to come and knock on our door because we were overdue and wanted to know where the baby was. Um, So that was quite a shock and I think that that put a stall onto the labour because that was – so I would have been around 12 hours into labour then. Wait, Um, so did he stay? Yeah, he literally – like so I was like in my bras and undies, like on my birth ball in the bathroom and he like walked down the hallway um, we got quite a long hallway from our door um, and he just like came in and um, Nathan was like, so just in labour right now. Like I'd put a dress on by the time he'd gotten down to the lounge room um, and then he was like, oh, wow, okay. And then he just sat on the floor <laughs> and just, just basically just what? watched me. I was like having surges um, in between like talking to him. So it was it was a little bit weird. Um, I just remember at one stage he was like, oh, this brings back all the memories. Oh, no. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to compare my labouring yeah. to my husband's mum's labouring. So funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think that put a stall on it. For sure. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, he didn't stay too long, thankfully. <sighs> um, but we then made it um, at home labouring until around 4 p.m., I think it was, so we um, so anyway, I'll go back. Nathan had called our midwife um, at seven a.m. around, um, and they had just said like, "Go as long as we can at home," because we were half an hour from the birth center. So we didn't want to drive in um, and then get sent home if we weren't um, like further enough along. Yeah. So yeah, we laboured at home as much as we could, um, and then it wasn't until it started to get really intense, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, we really need to go now." And Nathan could tell that. I was starting to get a little bit more, um, like, 
yeah, he could tell that things were progressing. So we jumped in the car and drove. Um, it only ended up taking us about 20 minutes, I think, because there was no traffic because it was a Saturday evening. Um, and we got into the birth centre. Our midwife wasn't there at the time. She was actually on leave <laughs> um, when we went into labour. Um, but we met with our second midwife who took us through. Uh, yeah, she um, did, like, examined where I was at. Yeah. And then, anyway, um, I continued progressing. Um, it got really intense. I, I originally wanted a water birth. Um, so, I, well, I knew that I wanted a water birth. And they have the um, bath and the pools there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up testing positive for the GBS in Ember's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I went into labour being told that I, unless I had the antibiotics um, when I was in labour, then that I wouldn't be able to have a water birth and I originally didn't want that so I didn't want to have antibiotics so I tried everything um I could to not have antibiotics um and you know I was in the shower I was in the boat um on the ball doing different positions around the room pacing the hallways and stuff like that um and then I think it was around um probably would have been around 7 p.m., I would say. So we would have been there for about two and a half hours, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my midwife, um, our actual midwife, had arrived and she then um, said, you know, Jenna, um, you're, you know, you're not progressing. Like, well, you are progressing, but you're very uncomfortable. The last resort for you to try is to have the antibiotics and to hop into the bath. So anyway, I just trusted everything in my body at that stage and um, listened and it was just like pretty much screaming, yes, have the antibiotics and get into the bath because you know that 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 will help. Um, So anyway, they they tried to give me antibiotics. Um, It took probably over an hour for them to actually get get the needle into me. They had to then call doctors, like nurses down from the hospital to get them in and and it was just, yeah. I don't know that my the um, midwives couldn't get it into my veins, okay. so I was poked and potted and and it was hurting a lot. So it was like the last thing I needed in labour. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we got there in the end, and I ended up having, I think, in the end, two courses of antibiotics in the whole labour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got in the pool, um, and my body then relaxed too much. So I was in there for a couple of hours and then they got me to hop out um, just to try some different things because my water still hadn't broken and um, I was, I think I was eight centimetres roughly. She, We didn't get told what I was. Um, they were just um, like doing it from the mirror, like you're sending from the mirror in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we didn't want to be told where we were. Um, and then we got out and um, it wasn't until... 11.30, so when I had been actually been in labour for 24 hours by that stage, um, my water still hadn't broken. My midwife said to me, um, Jenna, you're not like you're not progressing, your waters aren't breaking, I uh, want to examine you and see where you're at. And she said, and at this stage I can offer to break your membranes. And, again, it was one thing that I had never wanted the intervention of, um, but in that moment, I listened to my body and it screamed yes. I had, you know, um, just an hour before that, I had almost passed out from exhaustion. 
I was on the birth ball and I um, like passed out. And luckily, my husband was um, sitting in front of me. Um, otherwise, I would have like ended up on the floor. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, my body was absolutely exhausted. It was shattered. I hadn't slept in over twenty four hours. I think I got two hours sleep on the Friday night. So it was now the Saturday night. Um, so yeah, eleven thirty came and she. I got the midwife to break the membrane while she was examining examining me, and um, it was all clear. There was no meconium or anything, so that was a really good sign. And then. From then, I um, just pasted the room with Nathan, my husband, um, and pretty much stopping like every step to have to sway. Um, and he was, I had a birth vision board um, that he was saying my affirmations to me from, which really helped because um, I otherwise I probably wouldn't have even looked at it. Um, and then... Yeah, I think it was about an hour we were pacing the room and then um, I suddenly had the urge to push and then my midwives ran in. They're like, oh, that's what we've been waiting for. You can hop in the pool now, like back in the pool. So anyway, like I just started walking to the pool like without them. They're like, oh, okay, then off she goes. <laughs> and then, yeah, I got in the pool and I think I was – so then I was pushing her for 59 minutes. I think it was all up and then she was born. So all up, the labour was 26 hours um, from the start, like from the first contraction. So um, active labour, I think, would have probably only been from, I don't even know, I can't remember when they actually even record active labour from, um, but maybe like from when we got to the birth centre because it was very, very intense from the start of that. Did you get a boost of energy right before you gave birth? Yeah, so pretty much from when she um, broke my membrane, and we were pacing the room like I, I don't know, yeah, I was in that transition obviously from then and my body, um, yeah, I think I was just, yeah, completely out of my mind. Like I just wasn't even, yeah, worried or concerned at all. Mm-hmm. I don't remember and my husband doesn't remember me ever saying that I couldn't do it. So we know that, yeah, I had, yeah, I'd hit that exhaustion but then like got that boost um, mm-hmm. which brought me back up and brought my mindset um, completely to the right place and yeah in the pool it was just the most amazing powerful experience um, and I definitely roared Ember <laughs> into the well she um, she came out she was yeah she um, wasn't easy to bring here but um, she was very powerful and she was brought to me for a reason and she's in every stage of her life she's um, shown me why she's been brought here. Yeah. So, yeah, but it wasn't until, um, like, so after she was born, she was um, she was born aware and everything. So we ended up having the water birth, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was aware and when she came out um, and up on my chest, she wasn't taking her first breath. So then that's when the midwives um, took over and, you know, did um, they were like, oh, we need to cut the cord and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, doing delayed cord climbing and everything like that. And they're like, no, no, we need to cut, cut it now. She's not breathing, um, which I had not even ever, like, I'd not seen any birth videos that that had happened or, um, you know, like I had not even thought that that would happen. So anyway, in the moment, I was still really in that, you know, that high oxytocin, like I was just really in my yeah zone of zen. Like I just had no fear. I would just let the midwives do what they felt they needed to do. 
Um, I didn't kind of, I didn't try and, you know, say no that they couldn't do anything. I just let them, like, I just completely trusted them. So anyway, the the, um, second stage of that was really traumatic for my husband. Um, He saw Ember um, be put onto um, the breathing machine, yeah, the ventilator, and um, then get her, like, lungs, like, pumped or whatever they like get the fluid out of her lungs um and then she was taken to the NICU which are so that was so the birth center that we were at is is part of a hospital but it's completely separate so it's not in the main hospital it's kind of next to the main hospital but there's a little tunnel that like leads up from the bottom of the hospital so she was taken up to the NICU um and I was stayed in the birth center for the first four hours and um my husband went with her um which yeah looking back like when like in the moment I had no fear I knew that she was safe and she was where she needed to be and I knew that that's why we were led to the birth center um so I completely trusted that um but yeah after four hours I was then transferred to the main hospital um we hadn't planned to stay overnight because when you birth at a birth center you go home after four hours well you know you've got that um that option did they ever say why she wasn't breathing well, no, that she—it was just the delayed breath. Yeah. yeah. So now, when we look back on it now, I um, wish that we had not allowed the doctor, the midwife, sorry, to cut her cord straight away. Yeah. Um, I think it was just a very like, it, yeah. They, obviously, they the felt pressure. the, they felt the pressure. Yeah. So um, in the moment, I trusted, but now I know more than I. Yeah, I wish we had said no. Um, but you know everything. We after four hours, and when I was transferred, I um, we went to the NICU to see her, and she was originally going to have to stay in the NICU, and I was like, no, I want to take her to my room with me. Um, they were doing blood tests on her, and you know, testing her, her sugar levels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one, I think there was one nurse, I think that overheard me say something, and then she's like, oh no, I think you might be able to take her. Let me just check where her levels are at. Um, and it wasn't even one of the nurses that was I don't I think working on her um so anyway she came back and she's like no no she's all fine like um if there's any problems when you get up there like you've got the help that she needs up there and otherwise you, she can just be brought back down here so we took her up to the ward with us um and then so that was around 5 a.m um so she was born at 1 24 a.m so yeah four hours later um and yeah, so then at around 7 a.m. she um, did a huge spew and went completely blue. So that's when we, like, um, you know, pushed the emergency button and I'm like, I've never seen, like, so many midwives run so fast. Mm. And just, like, burst into the room and, like, just, like, whipped her up. It happened so fast. And then she just had to go underneath the, um, the little heat machine because her temperature had dropped too much. Mm. Um, so she was all safe. Mm. Yeah, so it was, it was quite, yeah, it was quite... Um, it was scary but I knew like you know in the moment we just trusted everything she was in the safest place that she needed to be um so being new parents we just completely trusted the the system that we you know been put into for that reason and that's obviously why we were put into the birth center um and not birthed at home that's what Ember asked for um but then that also with this next um pregnancy that we had um transformed a lot um in that as well so should we move into river's journey then yeah 
Yeah. How was your pregnancy with him? Yeah, so his is a whole other story. Um, so um, with River, he was my, well, is my spirit baby. He's been with me for as long as I remember. Um, even when I was a little girl, I remember speaking about him. Um, you know, I only ever um, pictured myself with him. I only ever knew that I would have, I always thought that I would only have this one little boy. Mm-hmm. So when when we found out, so when we found out we were pregnant, I automatically just assumed that it was River. I um, just assumed that he was a boy. You know, I was like, oh, I'm pregnant, and I've only ever um, visioned him. Um, I, I'd never had any like contact from a female. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I went through the first half of the pregnancy, being like, oh yeah, it's going to be a boy, blah blah blah. But then luckily we did find out because when we found out. Um, it was a shock, <laughs> a big shock. Um, and, you know, everyone around us, us had been like, you're having a girl, you're not having a boy, blah, blah. And I was just in such denial that, no, I'm having a boy. <laughs> but I'm so glad that we did find out because it really helped to um, bring that ex- excitement for her. Um, if I'd found, like, you know, if, she, if I hadn't have found out and she'd come out, I think it would have been such a huge shock. Yeah. So anyway, with um, with river's pregnancy um it took a couple of months no i'm not going to say it took a while because um yeah it didn't well for us it felt like it forever but it wasn't um but again i waited until um i was completely ready which i when we had ember originally we were like oh no she's going to be our only child like we only ever imagined ourselves with one child yeah um but then it was wasn't until ember was around um I think around 15 months she was, it started coming into me that, um, you know, you're, you need to be more open for another child. So anyway, I sat with that for a while and then, um, and then, yeah, I suddenly got really ready and, you know, I was then starting to get messages um, from him. Not really like messages that he was coming like soon or close or anything like that. Um but then, yeah, we just we just kind of automatically started trying, um, and then it took a couple of months. And then I went to a beautiful it's called Soul Tribe, run by um, one of the yoga leaders over here, mm-hmm. um, and it was in I think it was in the sacred drumming um, meditation. There was a few different meditations throughout the night, but I, I'm certain that it was in the sacred drumming one that um, he came into me and it was just his name that came out, like just washed over and then <laughs> just gives me absolute shivers even thinking about it. Um, he spoke and he said, Mummy, I'm here now. Um, <laughs> and I had been getting negative tests all up until then. Um, so I didn't. You know, I, I was in, I was completely in denial. I was like, oh no, like maybe he's just telling me that, um, you know, he's ready to come in. Yeah. So anyway, in that moment, it was like it was just a, yeah, it was a really really happy moment, but also like I didn't want to <laughs> because my intuition had been off with Ember. I um, kind of put denial on it and was just like, oh no, like I don't know, I don't want to get my hopes up and all this. Um, so anyway. T- uh, I think it was two weeks later. So that was on the 17th of October last year. And then it was on the 30th of October that I took his pregnancy test. That was very, very faintly positive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I didn't want to tell my husband straight away because I wanted to make sure that I was definitely pregnant. 
um, because we had been getting um, the negative tests. Mm-hmm. And, yes, anyway, f- five days came on. Um, no, actually it was a week. It was seven days, it, pretty much exactly, um, that I was taking a test every day and it, and it kept on getting um, darker and darker. And we were going away um, for a camping trip and I was shooting one of my um, closest friend's weddings because I'm a photographer. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll tell him down there because we were going down south. Um, I'll tell him down there on a nice beach, you know, I'll make it really nice. And then <laughs> that whole week it was, it was so hard not to tell him and I felt like I was already showing like, I just felt like I – I would have only been, like, when I found out, it would have been four weeks. So when he told me, he would have only been about in there for about two weeks. So he was pretty much nothing. So I, And looking back, there was nothing there. <laughs> um, you know, when you just, you just yeah. Yeah, feel like you're getting big. Um, and then, yeah, so anyway, the night before we were going away, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to drive five hours with these mood swings with a toddler in the car. And, like, my husband just being, why is she being like this? <laughs> um, like, we would have had so many arguments. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I ended up telling him um, on the Friday night before we left that I, I was pregnant. So, it was really exciting. So, then um, that just helped us get into the high vibe spirit of yeah. um, the trip away. And, yeah, and then um, at 20 weeks we did find out that, he was him. <laughs> um, so we got, yeah, the, in each scan. So I only had um, the 12-week and the 20-week scans for both pregnancies. Yeah, amazing. Um, they were the only tests that we did. Um, and, yeah, in the first one I was like, oh, I think that's a little bit different to um, what Ember is, what, Ember, what we saw in Ember's. And then, yeah, on the second one we, again, told her to put it in an envelope, but I could definitely see that it was not um, – <laughs> It was not a girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it was just really um, – I'm not going to say, like, emotional because I feel like I knew that it was him all along. Yeah. But um, it was just really reassuring that, yeah, that I could trust my intuition. Yes. <laughs> oh, him saying to you, Mummy, I'm here now. Yeah. Oh, all the goosebumps. Oh, my God. And honestly, and, and, and when he – came into me and even then it was you know he wasn't a baby he was a like he was more of like a toddler like I'm gonna say around three or four he's always showing himself as yeah it's just yeah it's wild (laughs) even thinking back to it incredible so during your pregnancy with him were there any Mm. fears that you had to work Mm -hmm. through from your experience after Ember's birth yeah yeah absolutely um and the fears were mainly Um, my husband's fears Um, but I'll start from the start so at the start again River had told me from the start of his pregnancy that he would be born at home so we started discussing that and Nathan wasn't comfortable with it because um, of what happened with Ember and I completely um, respected that and I didn't want to put like I didn't want to put him in an unsafe um, space I wanted him to you know he was going to be my only birth support so I wanted him to be completely comfortable yeah um, so anyway, the pregnancy for me um, was, looking back now, it was very, very healing. Um, but a lot came up for me um, emotionally from the subconscious level. Um, so River was brought to me. So Ember was brought to me to bring a lot up. 
whereas River was brought to me to heal a lot, um, mainly from childhood trauma that I have had and carried through. Um, so a lot of I did a lot of work um, on myself through at his pregnancy, um, and I shifted a lot with a kinesiologist that I saw. Um, but then I also wanted um, Nathan. Well, <laughs> that sounds really that sounds really bad. Like I wanted him to do the work as well. But um, yeah, like I I I, tr- I wanted to encourage him to yeah. do a little bit of the work. Um, he wasn't so comfortable going to see the kinesiologist. So anyway, in one of the sessions that I had with her, um, she um, brought up a few of his fears through me and she was able to shift them. Um, and I think it was like a week or two later, I, yeah, I ended up, so I would have been then 27 weeks, I think, or 28 weeks pregnant um I so we were originally going with the birth center because Nathan um wasn't completely comfortable so we so instead of just going straight into um trying to get a private midwife um we spoke about it and he wasn't comfortable he was comfortable with going back to the birth center where we would be safe if that was to happen again um so we got into the birth center and we started seeing them for 15 weeks and then there was a few things that um led me to just feel that real unease there like I didn't we didn't we from from the start, we tried to get the same midwife that we had last time, but she was doing a stint in a country hospital, so she wasn't going to be there until we, I think we, when we turned 20 weeks, I think, mm-hmm. she wasn't coming back. But anyway, we tried to um, transition to her, um, but yeah, it didn't work out that way and we couldn't, yeah, we couldn't get her. Um, and I didn't feel supported by the midwife that I ended up with. She was amazing, like she was really beautiful. Um, but she was new to the birth centre and she had come from a um, a public hospital. Okay. So I don't feel like there was the same, I won't say values, but, yeah, we weren't we weren't quite on the same level okay. of, um, yeah, with <laughs> not me not wanting all of the intervention and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, so, and anyway, at, um, I ended up having to have the um, gestational diabetes test because that was one of the requirements that you have to, you can't decline that to be at the birth centre. So anyway, I ended up having that and um, the third blood test um, after me fasting for 17 hours, (laughs) being a pregnant lady. Um, So anyway, that came back um, 0.2% over their cutoff. So instead of it being like 0.05, it was 0.07 or something like that. Um, which was really, really disheartening. And the midwife, um, her um, way of saying it to me was just, so you'll be able to birth here until 40 weeks, but if you go over, you'll be birthing at the hospital and um, you'll be induced. Mm. It was kind of like there was no um, reassuring me that if or, you know, we'll put up the fight that you won't be induced and we'll you know, work as hard as we can to get you to go, like, let you go over. Like, I'd gone over with Ember, so I was kind of guaranteed that I would go over with River. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of the last straw for me there. I came home and I was just really, really upset. And I think um, Nathan felt that a lot when he saw me in that state. And, yeah, that was kind of the last push. And I think, yeah, that Nathan needed to see me in that state like I was at my lowest then Mm -hmm. I had just gone through um, my second trimester with River was very very dark Mm -hmm. um, because that was all of the um, 
the childhood trauma stuff that was coming up that I had to work through a lot. So it was very, very hard for me. And there was, you know, there was a time that I didn't feel like I would get through it. Um, I might get choked up a bit talking about that, Mm. but, um, yeah, it was really, really hard. Um, so anyway, that was the last straw and Nathan seeing me in that state, I think it kind of, you know, woke him, not, not woke him up about it, but, um, (laughs) but just showed him that I couldn't do, I couldn't go into, um, into my birth with that support. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have made it through if I had stayed there and not, and kind of the fear around that going into birth with that kind of support, um, was my main concern and being in the mental state that I was in, um, it wouldn't have been good. Mm. Um, and for my postpartum as well. So witnessing all of this kind of opened him up to the yeah. idea of it. Yeah. So without like, you know, we, we kind of spoken about it again and, um, he still wasn't 100% comfortable. So anyway, I decided I, there was one midwife that I wanted, which was one of the midwives that I had contacted for Ember's birth. I knew that she was the midwife that I wanted. I didn't really want anyone else. If I didn't, if I couldn't get her, then I was um, very willing to free birth. Okay. Um, and you know, kind of um, in quotations, accidentally. Yeah. Um, but with, but me completely supporting myself in that, um, I kind of got into that mindset that if we was going to be born at home, then I was all that he needed to to be born at home. Um, but yes, I was 29 weeks and I emailed, um, her name's Peter. Um, I emailed Peter and she was available, like just amazingly. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I ended up speaking with her on the drive into the, um, hospital for one of the, um, diabetes, um, talk things that I had to have. Um, and it's like I was speaking to a, a best friend. Like I just, yeah, mm-hmm. she just reassured everything that I was, um, I was feeling, and she just put me at ease at everything that I said. Um, like I just, yeah, just thank her so much because, like, if it wasn't for her, then it, it, things could have been a lot different. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she was, she was available, and she then, um, you know, said, "How about I come and." just meet with you and Nathan and you know it might be easier if I speak with Nathan um to ask him a few questions about the fear that he's got rather than you know like me like myself asking him and kind of him not feeling comfortable to tell me um so anyway yeah she came and she spoke to us and um it was in that um in that conversation that he was like oh yeah so I'm I'm definitely open for a for a home birth and that was like honestly just the best moment of my life because I was like oh my gosh like I never thought I would hear those words come out of your mouth (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that changed everything and then from that moment um everything everything changed like honestly like it's like my whole world changed I just felt so much more at ease and my mental state just skyrocketed and I felt happy and excited and empowered to um go into the birth um, knowing that I would have the birth that I was visioning and that River was telling me. And, yeah, 
it absolutely was everything that he told me from the start. I suppose your home birth was destined to be a healing experience because even though you haven't mentioned you felt Amber's birth was a traumatic one, yeah. having your baby taken off you straight after giving birth is going to leave some stuff yeah, behind. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and, it, and, it's, and it's on that subconscious level as well because, yeah. you know, we, we're like, oh, no, you know, we got through it, we did it, there's no trauma there, um, she's safe yeah. and, you know, and it's not until, yeah, it's not until something brings it up and um, you start, yeah, thinking back to it and thinking deeper and, yeah, realising, um, like, even with the kinesiologist, um, I, you know, I didn't show um, so much fear and trauma from my birth with Ember, my labour with Ember, I should say. Um, Nathan's came up, but it was more so the thing that came up was the birth of me from my mother. Uh-huh interesting yeah so that was a lot of that um can I ask what your birth was like was it just full of interventions or um no so she had a vaginal birth at 40 weeks with me um but it was something that came up that I had never known so I don't have contact with my mother um so that's a whole nother thing that came up in pregnancy (laughs) um so yeah I parent without parents um which was a huge thing that came up in River's pregnancy um but yeah, there was something that came up in um, about yeah my birth, and it was a disappointment that I had never known, um, or I had never been told, and it wasn't until I got talking to my sister who reassured what it was um, that was the meaning of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we jump into River's birth? Do you want to take us to that first sign of labour with him? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, so I ended up going over with River as well. Yeah. His pregnancy, I was so uncomfortable and so heavy and everything was so much more painful. Um, but I knew that he was there and he was going to lead the way when he was ready. Yeah. I kind of, <laughs> you know how you get into the thought you're like oh I'm gonna go earlier I'm just yeah there's no way I'm gonna go over (laughs) but anyway 40 weeks hit and um which by that stage I was so ready for him to come I was almost crying every day um in the shower just being like come on baby like I can't do this anymore and you know I need you to come I need to hear you need to lead the way like you know doing everything and just spending time in the birth space so we knew we were having a, a home birth and um I felt really comfortable I had no like not that I know that I had no fears around um around labouring again um I knew that yeah everything was going to go completely fine I trusted that um so then I anyway on 41 weeks on that day I went in for acupuncture um so I hadn't had any acupuncture up until then um and that was just really beautiful it was just really relaxing and it was kind of what I needed just to kind of zone out and then the next day we woke up and it was a Saturday um, and I just kind of put everything aside and I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to think about it. Um, he's going to come when he's ready and I just need to really enjoy these last few days with Ember yeah. um, and we need to just enjoy this time as, you know, the last moments of a family of three. So we just really put focus into um, into her that day and we just spent it as a family, not doing anything and... And we, well, not doing anything. We went to the park um, and we were up there for a couple of hours and just really enjoying the time and just being. Mm. Um, and then we came home and just jumped into bed and watched a movie. And then I got up, I think, to, I got the urge, I think, to have a shower and wash my hair. Um, so anyway, I did that. And then I got out the shower and um, then I sat on the toilet and I got a really sharp pain. 
and I remember Nathan coming in and um, it, I think he must have saw it because we were, we were in our bedroom so the door was open to the ensuite and yeah he walked in and saw me on the toilet um, and he was like you okay <laughs> I was like I was got a really sharp pain I just need to sit here for a second um, and then I didn't really think anything, anything of that I didn't want to you know get my hopes up or anything I didn't even think it was labor um, and then I jumped back into bed with Ember um, we put on um, Peter Rabbit I think it was for her and um, we were just watching that and just laying there cuddling. And um, then, yeah, I just um, softly started feeling surges happening. I didn't say anything because I was like, okay, I'm just going to see how this goes and just write it out before I say anything. And then, yeah, they progressively got um, got uh, stronger and I started recording them. And they were happening really, um, really closely. And I think at this, from the start they were like in lasting a minute each. Um, and then, yeah, we got up and had dinner and I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely it. Um, and we just went about our night. I, um, really, really hoped that Ember would be there at the birth. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I also put, um, everything aside and just trusted that if she was meant to be there, she would be there. But anyway, she hadn't napped that day and um, that night we were playing um, after dinner and playing hide-and-seek and stuff like that because she loves doing that before bed. And um, then Nathan was like, you know, I'm going to take her to bed. She needs a rest. If she's, you know, if she's meant to be there, she will wake up. Yeah. Um, and anyway, she didn't wake up. <laughs> um, so she went to bed at about 6.30, I think it was. And then that just really helped me get into my zone. I um, had the front room set up with the pool and all of my lights and oils and scents and candles and everything like that, affirmations. And I just really got into my zone and, you know, I was leaving and, um, yeah, everything was happening really, really fast and really intensely. Like, but I had, yeah, had no, again, no fear. Um, and then uh, my husband came out and... Um, but, yeah, so everything was still progressing really, really strongly and I just felt really empowered and I just felt, yeah, I just I just was trusting my whole body and I was I just completely believed that he led the way and um, he just took over and I just trusted him with that. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Nathan, well, sorry, I'll go back at 6pm I called my midwife and said, you know, we think it's happening. Um, so it had been two hours from when the surgery had started. Um, and then, yeah, she was like, you know, just go about it and then when you feel it's getting stronger, then call me back and I'll make my way to you. She was, I think, 15 minutes away um, from me. So we'd called her at 6pm and then she'd said that she'll come and um, see um, see us and where we are, blah, 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 when we needed her. So anyway, it got to, um, it got to I think it was 830 um, and Nathan had already started filling up the birth pool that I was just laboring on the side of. Um, I was just kind of, I was doing the contraction timer, um, so I knew that they were all happening quite fast, and yeah, it was time to call her. Um, but then I think my waters broke a little tiny bit, um, and then I said to Nathan, "Okay, I think it's time for you to call Peter now because uh, my waters are just broken a little bit." Um, and he didn't call her straight away. He kept on filling up the pool. And then I just was like, okay, you need to call Peter now. <laughs> like, you really need to call her now because they were getting very strong. Um, and then he called her and, you know, she could hear me, like, ringing in the background. Um, and then I remember her saying, like, how 
powerful other surges and I just went powerful <laughs> and then <laughs> she was like I came on my way um so yeah she was like she's only 15 minutes away from us but she didn't get here I think for about half an hour 45 minutes roughly because she got yeah so that was around 8 30 and then she got here at about quarter past nine and I was already in the pool by then um and pretty much as soon as I hopped in the pool my waters broke oh. I just got that huge rupture and everything was just, yeah, I was just completely trusting the flow and I knew that they were getting more and more intense, but I was just breathing through it. Um, this labour was very different to Embers, I'll say. Um, it was very fast and very intense, but yeah. completely, like, my, I just completely had trusted my body. So everything, I was just breathing through everything. Um, I didn't make much noise at all. And, yeah, anyway, she, our midwife ended up getting here at around quarter past nine um she was checking his heartbeat while I was in the pool and everything was all good and then yeah I um suddenly was like oh okay um his head's here <laughs> I think his head's out and they're like what well, his head's out and I was like yeah his head's out wow. and then um my midwife was like okay like if you um with the next surgeon you know, just one big breath in um and you'll get his shoulders through and then yeah it was like I feel like it just happened within a second that his head was here and then suddenly his whole body was here and, yeah, it was completely oh, insane how quickly it happened. But, um, yeah, I pulled him out and just, yeah, had no fear at all that he wouldn't take his first breath. I, um, you know, I think maybe the midwife and Nathan might have had that fear, but I didn't feel that fear at all yeah. But I remember. And yeah, he did. He um, he took his first breath, and he was again like Ember. He was um, alert from the moment that he came out. Um, I think the midwife just wanted to. Um, he took a little bit of a cry, but she wanted him to take a big cry, so she just quickly pulled him off my chest, and he did a big cry. And then yeah, from that moment, it was yeah, fine, completely fine, everything. Um, yeah, it was just the most magical, euphoric feeling um and just thinking back to that time when we we're just in our lounge room in the birth pool just swaying to the most beautiful song it was a, it was like a mantra song um and yeah I just felt like I was on another planet <laughs> and I just I just kept on saying I can't believe like I can't believe this is real <laughs> we never had this before because yeah. obviously Ember was taken from me straight away last time I didn't get that moment with her just to be absorbed in her magic. Mm, so beautiful. And what about your hubby? How is he during this entire time, considering he wasn't initially on board with the home birth? Yeah, he. I in labour, I kind of sensed he was a little bit um, anxious, mm -hmm. just because you know he there was he was always looking for something to do, and I was like, you know, just sit down. Like I'm completely fine. Like I've got this. Like yeah. I just I don't know. To be honest, like. I, <laughs> This is going to sound really mean, but I don't even, like, I don't need you to do anything. Yeah. I just need you to sit and be. Um, that's all I wanted him to do because I knew that um, that river was trusting the way and I didn't need anyone else and I didn't really want anyone else. I went into labour knowing, you know, if Ember was going to be awake, then Nathan would have his um, focus on her and I would be labouring myself. So I kind of went into labour with that mindset, you know, I've got this um, river, like I'm all that river needs to be brought to this earth I love that. um and yeah that's exactly how it was <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So how did you feel when you had a moment Mm -hmm. to sort of sit back and reflect on this experience? I think, like, from the experience we'd had with River Mm -hmm. um, and then thinking back to Ember's birth, and I think that then brought up a lot of what we could have done differently. Um, Like, you know, I'd never really second-guessed what happened with Ember's birth until I'd had River. Mm. So it was then in those following... um, postpartum weeks when we had a really really slow postpartum um I just stayed in bed those first two weeks and I it was kind of like that was a lot of reflection time and thinking back to Ember's birth and I think it did bring up a little bit of the trauma then um and how things could have been different and what the midwives could have not done um but then again just yeah surrendering to what happened and trusting that that's what they believed was right Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not going to say that things might come up later. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I probably will have a little bit of work to do on Emma's birth um, at a later date. Um, but, yeah. And what about your placenta? Did you do anything special with that? <laughs> it's still in the freezer. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Ember's, uh, Ember's placenta, on her first birthday, we planted it under a rose um, tree mm-hmm. that coincidentally died um a week before River was born. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. So it was alive for two and a half, ooh, almost two years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, coincidentally. Um, and so anyway, I've kept the um, soil that it's in still in the pot. Um, and I'm just going to add that to um, when we plant River's placenta. Amazing. Now we're a little bit unsure, you know, like if they're going to be in this house for much longer. Um, so I want to say that on his first birthday we'll plant it, but I also want to put his and Ember's soil somewhere where we're going to ground for a while. Um, and we do plan that our next home will hopefully be our forever home, our forever family home. So hopefully we'll plant it under a beautiful tree, um, on a property somewhere. Amazing. Um, yeah. So it's currently in the freezer still, but it's safe. Yeah. (laughs) So what would be your key piece of advice that you would give to any expectant mothers out there? Mm, I want to say this. So this is the biggest thing that came up for me and the biggest thing I could say to other mothers is listen and trust. Because my whole pregnancy with River, I listened to what he was asking. I never second-guessed what he what signs was he was showing um, us. So everything, you know, every little thing that came up that um, was hard to work through, I surrendered to the fact that this was him telling me you need to work through this to be able to um, go into your next into your next phase. Um, and I listened to that and I trusted it and, yeah, just really trust, um, trust what they're saying. Um, would you do yeah. that through say meditation not necessarily because I'm not a huge meditator okay. um, like I meditate I get into my zone but I've got other um, other techniques that I do that are kind of meditative for me like so you know like um, walking like so walking meditation that's yeah. a huge one for me um, also I'm a very creative person so I I um, I get into my creative zone and that's very meditative for me. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, setting up little craft things for Ember is a huge meditative 
practice for me. So I use that as my mindfulness practice, um, setting something up for her that she can then explore with how she needs to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not necessarily sitting down on a cushion and meditating for two hours. Like I'm not that I'm not that kind of person. I don't have that time. Yeah. <laughs> and does any mum? I want to say that yeah. I want to say that yeah. It could be that easy, but not for me. No. Um, I've got other ways of doing it, but yeah, just just noticing the signs as well and just really trusting yeah. trusting the signs yeah. Love that. yeah well thank you so much jenna for coming on today and sharing your beautiful journey with us oh thank you no thank you for having me that brings us to the end of the show each pregnancy and birth teaches us something crucial about ourselves and i really loved and appreciated the honesty from jenna about the darkness she endured during her pregnancy with her son something I think should not only be acknowledged but embraced just like Jenna did rather than suppressed so that you are able to grow and heal in whatever way you need to to ensure when you do give birth that you are ready to dive into that fire and be reborn again. This is after all your rite of passage. I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.